Hello, and welcome to Supply Chain Next. I'm your host, Richard Donaldson. Join me as we explore the ongoing evolution of supply chain, from the challenges practitioners face every day to the ongoing digital transformation of the entire value network. Welcome to the next episode of Supply Chain Next, and I am super excited, actually, to have uh, Robert Bob Eckel on here. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show, Bob. Good to meet you, Richard. Glad to be here. Good to meet you. Have some fun. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm super interested, and in, and we want to get right into it with uh, you know you're bringing a, a really interesting perspective on uh, biometrics, right? And how biometrics, you know, we live in a world today where everyone's security conscious. Biometrics can be found in pretty many pretty much all facets of our life. And as more and more data is being compiled uh, about ourselves, our health, I mean, think of COVID, uh, you know, and everything else that we're releasing out there uh, as far as digital data, having that secured in a way that is unique to everybody, aka biometrics, you know, is is a huge place to be right now. So very interested to see, you know, kind of, you know, and and, and your background. So just just right in there. Let's let's start right in. Uh, Bob, would love to hear a little bit about your background and journey and, and how you got to where you are today. All right. That's a, that's a great starting point. So, uh, it, you know, it has been a, a long uh, journey, but I think it's been a good one. I, I didn't begin with a focus on identity and biometrics. Um, when I was growing up, I took that for granted. You know, I, I mean, so uh, people did steal stuff, but at that time, we just used paper for driver's licenses and those type of things, you know, at that time. But so I started my career in um, Southern California. You know, I graduated from the University of Connecticut and uh, I wanted to work for an innovation leader. And I also want to live someplace warmer. Right. So, I mean, you know, I grew up in Connecticut, uh, played baseball there and did all that stuff. And I just said, you know what? Uh, Hughes Aircraft Company started by Howard Hughes. I'm going to start there. They gave me an offer. I flew out. Uh, once I hit the California sun, I said, I got to do this. And so I was out there for 10 years, worked for Hughes in various uh, imaging capacities, uh, went to UCLA, got my master's. And then uh, as the family was growing, we said, all right, let's get back to the East Coast a little bit so we can see the relatives and, and do all the stuff with the kids. So we moved back to the Boston area and Raytheon. And uh, lo and behold... A few years later, uh, I was working at Raytheon. Raytheon, uh, as a lot of companies did at the end of the 90s, bought a bunch of companies. So they bought Hughes. <laughs> so I'm working with people I worked with you know, 10 years earlier, and they bought Texas Instruments and Allied Signal and all that type of stuff. And basically, you know, Raytheon's a great company, good government company, good, uh, and, and they had all these assets now, and they said, Bob, can you put this these assets together and run an air traffic control business and assemble that with our, with our new acquisitions and uh, being technical. I said, sure, let's, let's do it. And, and so a lot of the stuff right now, I mean, when I left uh, Raytheon, I left the, you know, where we installed all the radars and the software and every other type of thing. But the thing that came up uh, and I really didn't think about identity management much, but I went through nine 11 at Raytheon. So I'm at Raytheon and, all of a sudden, um, there's no planes in the sky, you know, and we're, we're talking to uh, the FAA because we're I was there every every week. And I'm thinking, how can a couple pieces of plastic uh, take the whole country down, you know, where they forge the driver's licenses and, and things like that? So uh, it got me thinking. And then a few years later, 
I got an offer to go work at uh, Digimark and run their identity part of the company. And my focus became getting biometrics introduced into the driver's license system so that there weren't multiples. And when you had it, it was basically one person, one identity. When you got that, it was, you know, uh, when they went through it, it was a tough, long transition. But I think most of the states are now using biometrics uh, when you enroll and when you re-enroll. Um, and it's just one of those important things that I just, that's how I started. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't, wasn't planned. And then uh, I just became like, one person can't take down the country again. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and pick it up on that. And I think this is also, uh, you know, I don't want to overlook the fact as well. Somewhere along the way, you also have received 25 patents. That, that's yeah. not yeah. your typical. <laughs> yeah. That's not typical. So so maybe you could just take a moment and where did that all fit into that sort of journey? And, and you know, and I also don't want to overlook the fact to go from building the current air traffic system that runs essentially North America. That's not... That's that's not a trivial thing either. Uh, That must have been an amazing experience just to be involved at that 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 level and see that system still in place today, like like without a lot of changes. I would say so. So sort of two questions in there. You know, your patent portfolio. If you could talk a little bit about that, and then I want to kind of revisit maybe in reverse order here. um, You know, and not kind of blow past the fact that that you were responsible for deploying. What is our air traffic system today that runs North America? You know, and how that how that feels, even knowing that's still in place today as you fly around, does it make you scared? <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's a. I actually feel good about it because the like like I said, the, uh, just kind of finishing up on the air traffic control. We did it throughout the world, right? The Enbus right. really did air traffic control around the world, and and every time I flew, you know, um, I'm always thinking. I'm glad I was part of it. Uh, we are involved with the augmentation of the. GPS system and uh, as well as the radar systems and and all of the software behind it. And I keep going back to the word systems. So most of my patents are in systems or connecting systems that you wouldn't necessarily think would go together, like optics with electronics or various things. And it's all around trying to make people's lives better or solve a problem or, or make things frictionless or simpler. So I, you know, developed one of my patents was around how do you shrink down? You see those huge zoom lenses on sides of uh, football fields and stuff. How do you mm-hmm. get that so that you can get a huge wide field of view and a narrow field of view close up at the same time? And it's very difficult because you're going from different type of optics. But with the advancement of uh, electronics and huge, huge uh, imaging devices, you can do a flip. And you could adjust uh, the focus and you can adjust the uh, uh, f-stops and all that stuff in a blink of an eye now. And because of the resolutions in early days, if you did something like that, you'd go from maybe a thousand pixel to one. But then once you get these things that are, you know, 10,000 square pixels, you know, huge camera systems to jump it down to a thousand to a thousand and, and do the same. It's just one example of things that, Solving it so that they didn't weigh 300 pounds anymore, they weighed 10 pounds. Or it, right. just bringing things into every everybody's daily life is what. Uh, so that's why the air traffic control systems, and then the, getting into biometrics. It's a system where uh, Aware's working on the future, where you can own your own identity. You know, a system where you you provide your identity and only the parts that you want to provide. 
you know, you don't, when you go to uh, buy alcohol, they don't need to know where you live. They just need to know you're of age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, put the control back in with the people. And those are the things that since uh, 2005, I've been working on solving with the team in biometrics and, and all different biometrics, iris and finger and face and voice and everything else to make it convenient. So that's a, a, a super interesting segue into exactly kind of the heart, I think, of you know, where biometrics or just security, if I were to broaden this, you know, a little bit wider, you know, widen the aperture a little bit, which is what we're really talking about is security around, you know, personal stuff. I mean, that's where most right. people think of it. Um, and, and the topic couldn't be any more timely right now with everyone's, you know, people have identity stolen online, right? So you've had this rise of all these kind of identity management systems and some have worked, some haven't. And we're still trying to find that kind of, you know, silver bullet. You know, we've tried fingerprints and retinas. And, you know, it's not that we can't necessarily measure or use those things, but we haven't found a way to actually incorporate that in everyday use as you talk about it, right? And a lot of your career is about finding ways to bring things to everyday use. This is no exception, I would imagine, for you. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that, like where you view the state of the world today in this journey towards securing individual, I'll call it, I, I don't want to say liberty, but individual mm-hmm. data, right? Privacy, right? I mean, that's right. that's really at the core of this. Yeah, and so so that's why I keep going back to, I, I, I believe that every individual should own their identity. And... And, you know, so it's a big difference of what AWARE does. I mean, we're in the business of uh, providing technology and software and things for people and to use. And it's in the systems where I call it opt-in, where you opt-in as an individual, not in a surveillance type thing. So you opt-in as an individual for a benefit or um, to get through a line quicker or to make a payment processing or, or any of those type of things. So. Uh, so I tie those together in that it's just very important that we don't get into a, a big brother type of thing. And so we're not into that. What we're into is making it so that you can take and use your biometrics or uh, opt to opt in to use your biometrics to make a quicker, secure transaction. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you know, given my background and you talked about the patents and the way I look at things, we've been going about it backwards. Mm-hmm. We should look at what we're trying to solve and see how biometrics can make your life better and easier. And that's mm-hmm. one of our slogans is bringing biometrics to life. And so rather than saying, uh, you know, leading with your chin and saying, here's biometrics for you to do this, people are going, we don't even know what you're talking about. You're, you're talking about my blood pressure. You're talking about what, what are you talking about? But Solving a financial transaction. So let's say you, you've got a couple hundred dollar transaction you want to make. Uh, the banks or financial institutions or even shared economy could set levels of acceptance of what amount of biometrics uh, are needed. You don't need, you know, to move uh, 200 bucks, you don't need your face, finger, iris, firstborn kids, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then others you might want to add modalities to it, like, you know, mm-hmm. voice and, and uh, you know, speaker recognition and so forth to make a bigger transaction, but let the individuals kind of, uh, you know, work with that to do it and, and set some of those parameters. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, this is now focused on, amazing yeah. description is there, but we're focused also on 
people, which is the obvious, you know, main pain point, right? People are concerned about personal identity, identity theft, mm-hmm. the security of their own personal health data. Like you said, privacy, right? right. I'm going to stretch a little bit and say, okay, but now what about in the world of assets, right? Kind of, we're starting to go into sort of supply chain because security isn't just relegated to personal individual human beings. Security and identity can also go to individual assets. And and I'm thinking even now, and, and maybe this is one that you've also thought about, but like all the rage right now, especially in the sort of blockchain world, are these NFTs or non-fungible tokens. And mm-hmm. you know, is that just another hype kind of thing? I mean, where where do you see the world of security and identity management in, you know, more asset-related kind of fields? Well, I mean, just take an asset. So if you look at a, an individual, and that's very important, and why wouldn't an asset, depending on what it is, also fall into that category as just as important? So, you know, one example I like to use or don't like to use, however you do it, is uh, make it sure, like our, our a nation's power grids, right? Isn't that a supply chain? That's supplying mm-hmm. power. Okay. Yep. So to me, that's an important asset that you want to protect. So you can almost say the, the national power supply is an asset or an identity into itself. So that needs to be protected. So imagine if somebody was able to get access to it, control it, change it, uh, and you didn't have that. uh, I I think biometrics could protect that. And how would it protect it? You wouldn't have access to be able to shut down the power grid like uh, the storm did in Texas a few months ago with uh, devastations, right? So imagine if Using biometrics to solve a problem which needs to be highly secure, only certain amount of people can have access to change or to alter or, you know, uh, switch power from one grid to another. Uh, you could do that with all four modalities of biometrics using yourself. Let's say you had access to it, or you in conjunction with another individual to get access to it, mm-hmm. and no one would know or have to know your identity. And you just went to uh, tokens and you know all the cryptography and everything else. All they, all the system would have to know is that you, as this token or identity or template, is authorized to make these changes. And right. the business rules, along with three other people, had to also do the same thing. So you know, so now you get into it. You're protecting the individual's identity. Uh, you're protecting the supply chain. You're protecting the power grid. And the only time you'd ever have to know that you, Richard, went in to do anything is if you want to do it forensics or if you want to look at it for process improvement. You know, to mm-hmm. say, wow, Richard went in and he did these things. And all of a sudden we got a huge process or huge uh, improvement in our power because he changed something. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you have a protected supply chain now and you have anonymity of the people that did it because they're in this group that all you, you've given that group access or multiple access and stuff. So you've protected the supply chain and you protected your, you as an individual. So I, I think, it, I think it ties extremely well. Right. And so, so building on that and seeing that, and, you know, cause there's a lot of the world in supply chain, there's a lot of innovation going on right now. And, but again, in the same sense, there's an equivalent amount, if not even more so in the world of security. Right. And so if we do the Venn diagram, we're starting to see this intersection that's starting to happen. Right. Do you see that as something that's happening 
now or we're just at the early stages of that sort of uh, convergence of those two kind of you know, Venn diagrams? Well, uh, one thing I see, uh, and it's, it's starting to take off again, because at AWARE, we do a lot of, uh, we work with a lot of financial institutions and we work with a lot of um, uh, government agencies for border and access and all that type of stuff. Uh, we're seeing a an acceptance from the uh, individuals and people commercially. Uh, we're doing millions of financial transactions or enabling uh, financial institutions to do millions of financial transactions just using biometrics, not having to touch anything, being able to enroll remotely, securely, you know, especially this helped huge amounts in the COVID time, you know, so no one had to actually go in. So for instance, take an example. Uh, our technology allows you to re- enroll remotely. We know if you're, you got a mask on or trying to fake it. And we also know um, if it's a video and, and, and all those things. And so we can do your face and, and voice. And that could be used later at your discretion to create and move financial transactions around. And then you could set different business rules that in, in, in order to move over a thousand, you got to have your face and your speaker recognition or, or vice versa. And the same, again, depending on the supply chain that you're protecting, which is very important for, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about us and why I think it's important for, uh, for us to, you know, have our own supply chain in these areas, especially in software. Uh, you can protect that same entity the same way. Yeah. And, 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 and so now thinking in those terms and kind of moving a little bit more into the sort of full supply chain aspect of it, um, are you seeing, even from your vantage point, you know, a lot of what you do today is focused on individuals, individual security. Do you have any thoughts or insights into where the supply chain world is starting to incorporate biometrics or any, you know, example sort of use cases are out there. And I'm just thinking like off the top of my head, I'm thinking like, you know, IBM and Maersk tried to do sort of a blockchain-esque thing for chain of custody. And uh, it had to do with sort of, uh, you know, securing the data around, uh, you know, stuff that's in transit, transit right? Um, now that's, that's you know, the, that's uh, uh, blockchain technology, data integrity, but the use case also had some security aspects to it. So it's not exactly the same thing, but I'm just thinking now, or I'm thinking now, I think you and I spoke about this, uh, the delivery of um, uh, um, biopharmaceuticals, right? So how do I, how do I, how do I guarantee that this dose of COVID vaccination is the dose that I expected to get, right? There's security aspects around that. So where are you seeing the use cases of securing that in a, you know, either a human biometric means, i.e. Bob or Richard have the authorization to make the changes, or assigning that unique ID to the asset or thing itself, the vaccine, you know, the actual vaccine itself or the batch? I don't know how, you know, I don't know how, to, I'll just ask you that to, to expand on that. Yeah, I mean, so that's a great example. I mean, uh, turning it around a little bit, we see it's being adopted to prescribe. So let's say at different, you know, so I'll just do levels again. So you could, you, you go to the doctor and they want to prescribe uh, something for a rash. So they can go through a normal process and do it. But then let's say you need something uh, more controlled substance than that. So now it's required that they need to make sure that it's the actual doctor prescribing it, not an assistant or not someone else, or they didn't hand their phone or or hand a computer or anything else. So now you add 
the facial recognition or the fingerprint. And let's say it's even it's oxy, Oxycontin or, or something else. So now you want to make sure it's really, really, and you do mm-hmm. a speak, speaker recognition and that. And what ends up happening in that whole thing, you just created a chain. Everything mm-hmm. is now tagged with that. And so forensic, let's say later, they want you could, you could actually set up something in supply chain that looks at the pattern. And says, wait a minute, what's going on here? Without even knowing the doctor's name, you just say, why is so much being pumped out of, you know, uh, with this particular uh, ID or template, like you just said? Mm-hmm. Why is there so many of the same IDs prescribing this all over the country, you know? Right. Um, and then you could actually, if you wanted to, get into forensics and find out the ID and do all that type of stuff. So it's directly applicable to that, like, you know, uh, on the vaccine vaccinations you said or the vaccines right it's got an id associated with it well that id could actually be associated with a trusted individual you know mm-hmm. so you can have the id would actually have uh, a biometrics part to it so that when it was coded it would go back and be tracked back to where it came from and who actually put it on the truck uh, and when or the doctor that authorized it so it, it you know those are the type of things relative to even tying into blockchain or, mm-hmm. or any of those, it's just a piece of the blockchain. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. A it's a piece of, of data yeah. in the blockchain. It's a piece of data in the, in the blockchain. And I and so I'm starting to see it. And I believe, um, uh, you know, we've signed a, we've got an agreement with a uh, company that is getting involved in some of the healthcare type stuff. Uh, and it, that can be extended to uh, all Records. So we do B two B. We're we're a B two B company, but mm-hmm. they service the customers. So in in those cases, they're going to be looking at uh, housing or getting authorization from you. Just like we're on this video. How do how do you know I'm I didn't uh, pre record this video and I'm just doing mm-hmm. it? Well, mm-hmm. with biometrics and the techniques that are out there now, which didn't exist before, we could tell if this is real or a video. You know. So that's. Okay, so now you're opening the door to, this is an interesting one, because now you're doing these uh, deep fakes, I think is also what you're kind of referring to, right? Where I've got, I mean, there's enough horsepower in my CGI or computer graphics uh, uh, today, if we just look at the movies that we watch, that we can generate, you know, images of you and me (laughs) digitally that most people cannot differentiate from. So you're suggesting that biometrics are a way to prevent that copycatting going into the future. Um, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, that's a really Absolutely interesting use case. Absolutely true. And, yeah. and we, just, we, just were, uh, we just got a certification compliance uh, in, at the highest level of that, uh, you know, fraud detection or, uh, it, it, and obviously the more money you have, the more sophisticated you can get on, on some of the graphics. The good news is, as it gets out there, I said we're doing millions and millions of transactions now. We have access to uh, edge cases and other type of things where we can continue to improve and improve. So as I go, it's you know, if I was to say it's perfect and it's you're never going to have anything, no. But as you, it's about data, you know, statistics and supply chain, right? You know, you got the learning curve. You build a few of them. You learn. It goes down the learning curve, and you could be able to sell at a much lower price once you figure out all the stuff. Same with biometrics. The more and more cases you do, uh, within three months—not even three months—we were able to adapt 
to be able to do facial recognition with people with masks on without having to re-enroll them so that they could. It's just amazing. And now you have to do a lot of samples, uh, again, to go through it. And as you go, it's a learning system. So that, so again, as things came up, uh, our company was able to adopt, do it, get it into the field. Because what was happening is it was being used in a retail setting. People come in mm-hmm. and want to buy something. They'd look and it wasn't recognized and they'd have to pull the mask down. So guess what happened? They didn't, <laughs> they didn't go to that store anymore. Right. Know, they didn't want to do that any longer. Uh, then we sent out a new bill. They were able to go in and, and make the, the transactions. Yeah, and 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 you, you also touched on something there too, which I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into. So now, and I think you know, great great overview where biometrics can be played, both individual supply chain assets. I mean, it has use cases all over the place for securing everything we do digitally, right? Because the world is right, moving right. into a digital twin of everything. So there's going to be a lot of uh, fraud, uh, as there already is, and you know, you, biometrics are a way in which to create unique. Uh, fingerprints, for lack of a better term, across all things. So where I'm going, though, is now one of the fears, right or wrong, that people are going to have is, okay, who, how do you protect the data itself? So you you have the ability to, to get my iris or my fingerprint or, or whatever it is you're using as unique ID, right? It could be even the, you know, like you said, the facial construction. I mean, I've heard now uh, everyone has a unique earlobe, right, that they use. Uh, there's characteristics of ears that people can actually track right, and see right, right. instead of facial recognition. I mean, it's just, <laughs> the patterns are almost, you know, again, we're snowflakes. Uh, uh, and I don't mean that in the millennial right. term. I mean that in the unique term, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so where I'm going is, can you talk a little bit about the natural fear people have, which is, okay, that's great and all, but then who's protecting the data itself that you've collected to be able to do all this stuff? How does that get anonymized? How does that stay secure? How do I, well, how do I know that when I put my fingerprint in, that's not a, that's something that someone can go corrupt and get access to later. Okay. So the, yeah, so you got a couple questions there, but one of them yeah. is, um, is the collection of the fingerprint or the biometrics itself. Okay, so mm-hmm. at that point, I'd say, uh, just in the way we do it, we're agnostic to how you do that. So we can use mobile, right. you can do whatever. That's a very vulnerable part until it gets encoded, encrypted, um, and uh, decoupled with you. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so, mm-hmm. and, and that's why, uh, a lot, you know, especially in the U.S. and every, things are going more distributed. So you own your mm-hmm. phone, you have your phone, mm-hmm. so it's on on there. But the way we're looking at it is actually once you do that, there's no need to keep your actual biometrics any longer. You know, right. why, why do we keep that? It's it's all ones and zeros and binary and, and templates and stuff. So if it doesn't get stored anywhere else, you know, it doesn't get sent to a big cloud in the sky. It actually becomes now a an encrypted. I hate to use the word token because it's, it is and it isn't on your phone. Mm-hmm. That's all that exists. And it, mm-hmm. it has, there's no association with anything. And it's more, it's like a, it's your access pass to get in. And you decide whether that has enough, um, I'll say, fidelity to get into certain events or to do certain action, actions. So mm-hmm. your biometrics, it, as I see it going in the future, uh, won't be floating around every place. You know, it, it's right. not that it goes and gets stored someplace and then you're, you're comparing that to there like it is today in some of the areas, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, it's just that initial, wherever that initial part is done is the vulnerable part. So if, if you have to take your picture and you have to send yep. it to the cloud and encrypt and do it, it's in that period of time or doing it, it is the most vulnerable part. So it, I, it depends and, on the system. Depends on the sophistication of the system. Totally. And 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 part of this was a leading question because yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm headed towards is this a use case for something like a blockchain use case, right? Because the entire purpose of a blockchain database is to do the things. And this isn't. <laughs> I'm not pitching blockchain use here, but you just yeah. you got me thinking about this, and I just happen to be fairly involved in some of that. And it seems like what you're describing is I need, as a product person, putting my product hat on, I need a database that is secure, distributed, non-hackable, and anonymizes the data in a way that that I have, you know, uh, uh, anonymity around what's in there, right? And mm-hmm. to me, that feels like a blockchain use case that hasn't been explored, or maybe it has. That's why I'm kind of asking the questions. That do you see that? I it mean, that's, that's centralization versus you know democratization, like you just kind of went through. But I'm wondering if you've seen any of that. Uh, yeah, and it's just about you know uh, since we. <laughs> provide biometrics and the capability throughout the world, different areas do it differently. So right. uh, some is more uh, centralized databases, but again, they pretty much throw out the uh, the images or the, the, right. the raw data so that they're not storing that. So even if you were to get it, it's not associated with it. It's just a bunch of ones and zeros that, you know, that, so if somebody got in and it, and it just, it depends on again how it's stored. It, just a bunch of ones and zeros fall on the floor, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, you know they could do techniques where it's just completely a scramble in there, but it it means nothing in, unless you're going to go to use it. There's no right. associate. You can't reconstruct it and make it look like you again. Right. Um, it's it's not associated with your um, you know some of your demographics and the like, you know. Um, and, and that's. Both, and that's why there's a right now. I think there's a depending on um, whether it's a greenfield type company, a country, you know, whether mm-hmm. you go central. And there's advantages of both. Central allows you to do a lot of civil activity, right? You know, mm-hmm. you can do a ton of stuff if you go central. Now you get that. Uh, and if you go distributed, like a lot of the U.S. and a lot of others want to or or have, where you control it. Uh, now you got to have somebody that kind of aggregates that up uh, across a whole bunch of those type of things. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely available. Uh, it's usable, and there's going to be somebody that's always going to try to crack it. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me let me yeah, add, well yeah right I mean that's sort of just the name. <laughs> as long as there's a place where there's a bank, there's going to be a robber trying to rob it. Uh, that's just right. sort of human right. nature. <laughs> That goes right. away anytime soon. Uh, but now, also, because we, we do get sort of the panoply of listeners here, I, I start to think about, you know, use cases like in, in now our daily lives, because again, I'm going to go back to kind of the consumer side of this. I mean, you're the business enabling this, but you also, as in, in the function that you have with Aware and the platform and just your experience, you're also this middle place. You get to see the people and, and how they're actually developing these biometric databases, if you will, and data capturing. Um, but then you also see the use cases of it actually being used in the real world, whether it's consumer or business mm-hmm. or enterprise or whatever, right? So where I'm headed is, 
you have, in a, you know, everything, everything is becoming digitized, right? I mean, for goodness sakes, our cars are driving themselves. <laughs> Correct. No, no, that's a perfect example too. I mean, that it would fit right into the cars, right? So exactly. you to pick up a car. Ex- exactly. So you get there and uh, just a simple use case, right? So if you become part of that car club, let's say you're going to go rent a car. And so you gave that up so you could show up, actually go pick up the car um, and you could run it because now you get a connectivity to your, you know, let's say it's a distributed network and, and you've already done that and they vetted simply, uh, now you get your phone. So you get your mm-hmm. phone, you get the car, it connects, you look at your phone, it connects, you go, you, you show up at the gate, Bluetooth hits it, comes back. Are you still the person in the car? You know, those type of things, or you can use the outside video, all of that stuff connects. So that gets the whole car rental experience or, mm-hmm. uh, or that whole thing of preventing it. And it, everything in the consumer world is about convenience, you know, and frictionless. So if I'm doing something today and, and I've seen a few things fail, so mm-hmm. I'll give you an example of a supply chain integration process failure, right? You go to rent a car and, and there's uh let's make up an example. There's 30 cars uh, a month that are stolen at a particular airport. Mm-hmm. If you interpret it one way, you think that they want to get it to zero, mm-hmm. right? So you set up this thing. So now it takes you a half hour to rent your car. So guess what happened to that particular example? Those people went to another car rental company right. versus all they wanted to do is knock it down 10, 15%, see some immediate return. And all the good people or the ones that were already pre would go through quicker, mm-hmm. and faster. So now if you were part of the club and you opted in, so I said you opt in and you trust that you can control that. Now you can go and rent your car and be out in five minutes. And if you didn't opt in, it might take you the half hour. Mm-hmm. instead of the opposite way where everybody took a half hour, 40 minutes because they didn't trust anyone. So mm-hmm. with biometrics, you can change, turn the world into a more trusted environment because most of the people aren't trying to scam the system. Mm-hmm. And, and so now you can speed things up, make it convenient, and also knock down some of the fraud. Again, it's not going to be perfect. They'll figure ways around it. But you know, uh, trying to get 30 cars a month stolen down to zero, um, lost too much money for that company because now everybody was being inconvenienced. You know, they didn't trust anyone they went through. So with biometrics, you, you add that trust back in. So uh, whole trust factor into the supply chain. And it makes all the sense in the world. And, and I mean, for whatever reason, and and it's sort of random, but you, you you start, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Westworld. You start making me think about kind of the digitization of everybody. And we got our sort of, you know, digital replicas of ourselves, you know, stored in some place. But where I did want to go though, is the flip side of this, right. Which is, and again, there's a little bit of the fear factor, right. Which is on the one hand, I do want to secure everything. I do want to have the ability to be uniquely identified when I enter the system, wherever that entrance may be through my car, through my house, into an airport, into a, a venue for a concert, whatever. But the flip side of that is if, if I can guarantee that Bob Eckel or Richard Donaldson is the unique person doing this thing, that means I can also track them, right? There, there, there's the corollary to this, right? So if I'm on Google Maps and I enable Google to watch where I'm going, Google knows where I'm going, right? Mm-hmm. 
So have you given any thought to the other side of this is, which is, and it may not be in, but I'm just thinking in general for most people, right? Which is, you know, the other, the, 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 the flip side, which is, okay, yeah, I'm going to give you, I do want to secure everything, but I know if I'm securing everything, there's an ability to see all that I'm doing. Okay. But see, that's where you have a choice. So yep. you then, instead of, it's just like when, whenever you open up an app, it says, do you accept this? Right. right. So in that case, you don't accept it for that. So this is what I mean, going back to, you, you know, at the beginning, I said, you want to go in and buy alcohol. Yep. Uh, they don't need to know where you live. So right now you have right. to show them a driver's license. So if they right. are sitting back there and they're nefarious, they can look at where you live and follow you later. Right. With this, all they got is your face you, and that's it. And, and of your face and an age, you know, because you, you're in there and they're showing your face, right? Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. And your face is on the license, so both are free. Uh, but you also not allowing them to use it for anything else other than that transaction at that time. Right. So basically, that to your example, it kind of goes poof. It it disappears. Mm-hmm. It's time out. So you go in, just put it in terms of the fourth dimension, right? So you go mm-hmm. in, you buy the alcohol. You've only allocated uh, thirty minutes for that, and then it it's uh, it's repeat. You know. It's uh, immutable and it, it disappears. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's revoked. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist in their system anymore, the token or whatever. It, it just it doesn't connect anymore. So you're adding the old, like RSA or other technology to, to that. You add a time element to it. Mm-hmm. So, when you're, so that it can't continue to be active when you're mm-hmm. not there. And you didn't allow it to do anything more than purchase alcohol in those 30 minutes. Right. You know, so you, right. you and that's why I keep going back at some point in the future over the next five to ten years, an individual is going to want to control that right now you go you see what happens uh you know you put your face there and people can that's why I asked you at the beginning of the video people can go in and scrape it and do other type of things with it mm-hmm. uh, but in this case where you're doing transactions um there you're not really using your face or your voice or anything you're using something that expires or you know, if you look at the old uh, Mission Impossible, it kind of goes in smoke. You know, it just goes away. It, it love, redistributes it. into into the into the ones and zeros, and that's that's uh, controllable. Ethan, Ethan Hunt, you can accept this mission or not accept this mission, and yeah, this message right. will self destruct in five seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Think, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, no. Well, I because you you open up the door to uh, also where I want to spend a little bit of time is looking forward, and, and you're looking out there now five or ten years, and certainly as an industry leader, you know, champ, you know, camp, uh, a captain of a of a company that's moving in that direction. But you know, ten years from now, kind of putting on your vision hat, um, yeah. You know, where do you see biometrics in society? I mean, I think you sort of touched on it, but mm-hmm. I, I I think you're actually. I, I'd love to hear you expand on where you actually see that playing out. Cause I think, I think I, I agree with you that the, the movement is to put the power back in the individual users, mm-hmm. but that's a long ways away still from happening. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. not here today. It sounds great, but yeah, I think it's a 10 year kind of project. At least. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree. Yeah. 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 That's the time frame, And I, I think in that time frame, uh we're going to be in what I, what I hope, uh, would be a passwordless world, one mm-hmm. where it, you know it's it, just even getting on and going through the multi-factor authentication or the right. stuff that's back and forth. You know, look at uh, I don't know uh, easily 
people get a subscription to something and three or 400 other people have the same subscription to it because mm-hmm. they, they just give you a, a ring and then you send them your, you know, the text code or what. So I'm looking at passwordless both from a business perspective, you know, and from an individual perspective that companies will shift to adopt that. They'll be able to say, um, you took out the subscription and you're allowed three identities. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, your wife and one of your kids or, or you, you're willing to pay for 10 identities and, and it doesn't matter where you are, you can access that or do those type of things versus today. Um, it could be, it's the number of identities is unlimited mm-hmm. you know, because it's not really tied to an identity. It's just tied to a closing of a loop of mm-hmm. numbers mm-hmm. back and forth. So, so I just see it going into a password list, both on the company side and uh, payment side and individual side and uh, an individual being able to protect themselves by if they aren't there in physical or they didn't authorize it through their device, which contains mm-hmm. their information, um, they're protected, you know, uh, so- and I, I just see it going that way. And do you, so let me, let me, absolutely. And, and, and now let me yeah. kind of double click on that because there's going to be a pull in it. There's going to be a push and a pull, a tug, tug of war here where I'm going to, I'll be a bit controversial here, but governments, and I mean that in a general sense, right. are going right. to want to have access to this data. But then the, us as individuals are probably going to want not a non-government entity to sort of be the, the clearinghouse for this, right? To, to create some separation, right? Right. So 10 years from now, in your head, where do you see this kind of drifting? Because that's a that's a that's a that's an interesting place to start thinking about, you know, what's the what is the future Google of you know personal identification? Does that company exist? Is it out there? Will it come about? And and you know, how does it then um how how does it fend off the obvious you know uh, uh, desire of government to have access to that information as well, too? You know, how, how do you see that playing out? Well, just I, I would just separate it into layers and levels. Right. So base level is, are you old enough to buy alcohol? Okay. Right. Doesn't need to know. And if that's at that level, somebody could aggregate that up, right, and, and enable that network to happen. Right? Mm-hmm. Just that's like a, a basic level. Now, when the government, the government's going to have uh, certain things, but, but now you're not opting into that network if you don't want to. Right. You, know, you still have a choice to not opt into that network. So if you opt into that network, I could see somebody, you get a discount in that particular, let's say you belong to one of the big uh, supermarket uh, or warehouse mm-hmm. grocery places. You're, mm-hmm. you're already signed into them as a club. You're part of that club. You've opted in into that club. And those clubs could be the holder of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a distributed. So you get two or three big clubs, we don't need to name who they are, they could decide if they come to you, you could use the other two clubs if you like, and we'll give mm-hmm. you a discount, your choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all they need to know is you know, financial transactions, and you could set up that you have to be present in order to do it. or or So you could, I see it being, a, a, they're going to have to ask you, yep. and then you're going to be able to decide uh, I only want to use it when I'm present. So if somebody tries to use this when I'm not in your store, it doesn't count. So these are the type of things that you give the you know the person the control, but then also the company 
can also ask if you if you're willing to aggregate these or not. I, and, and we started at the beginning with the government, you know, um, you know, so it's not meant to be set up as a big uh, surveillance network, you know, and, right. and all those type of things. And, that, and that's the thing that people worry about. And I would worry about it, too. I, you know, it's you're controlling it. Uh, when you go up on uh, Facebook or all these things, your your face is out there. People can can use yeah, that. Yeah, totally, totally. But when you go to make some of the, you know, we've enabled a lot of financial institutions and others to use your face to make a transaction. But we're not using your face to actually make the transaction. We're just right. it's an authentic authentication of it. So your face isn't leaving anymore. It can be done on a device because there's it's been, uh, uh, I'll say, uh, compressed. You know, so yep. one of the aware's background, it was started with digital compression, you know, right. so, so, you know, you have something, so your face could be set up and, uh, we just got another compliance of, uh, encrypted, highly secure fingerprint encrypted type of systems were hard to crack and compressed, mm-hmm. you know, so originally compression came out of, uh, there's not enough bandwidth. Now it's coming out of. Uh, being able to not reconstruct it, but authorize it, so it's a right. different different type of a use. Yeah. Well, I, I and, and and with you 100 percent and and good good answer. I was actually going a bit further out, which is um, I was okay. trying to imagine in my head, uh, which I have, <laughs> this is just my own character hmm. flaw here. I start to think out a little bit too far sometimes. But I was actually just thinking that today, you know, someone's born and they're assigned yep. a social security number. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah However, yeah, what yeah. we're talking about now is you're born with all these unique identifiers and you're almost yeah. registering those identifiers at birth. Right. Because that becomes your keys to the kingdom, if you will. Right. As you kind of enter the world. And so it sets up a really interesting sort of, I don't want to call it a dilemma discussion around, well, okay, if that's the way the world goes. And that's a part of the kind of, you know, the parents, you know, or here's the unique identifier because you've got your, you know, your retinas, your blood, you know, whatever, whatever unique identifier you want. I mean, that's bestowed upon you at birth, right? There's, there's just, you're just registering that. But then who do you register it with and how is that secured? Yeah. So now you're getting into something that's required or something that you opt in or not opt in at that point. Right. Right. And so I, I mean, I, that's, an interesting world that I haven't really thought about, you know, one where you have <laughs> well, that's no a little choice. too science that's fiction. Why, <laughs> yeah. And that, that's why I keep going back to, uh, having a choice you opt right. into the, the condition. So if everybody was forced to opt in when they're born, that is not a free society. I mean, that's yes. to me. Now you get into, uh, and, and so we're all about being able to opt in, be part of that club, be, get the benefits that you want or not get in. So today, you see, when you go into uh, a lot of these, you know, like you said, the the big uh, video type and all the other stuff, uh, you're pretty much signed that you've opted in to right. use their services. And right. if you read the fine print, they aren't responsible for if other people use it right. or get hold of it, right? Um, the difference is when you opt into a service um, with biometrics, those are just pictures. When you opt into a service and biometrics, you should look at is the biometric, is your is it being stored in an encrypted manner? How's it being stored? Who gets to use it in those things? And mm-hmm. 
is the is the key thing yep. you know um and so i that that's going to be a personal preference i want it to be a personal preference to go forward totally Yep, with you 100%. Let me uh, also just be a little conscious of time. Uh, we've got you know plenty of time, few, but just a few minutes left. I want to kind of you know sort of wind up a little bit with just a you know kind of your now we were sort of out there decades, yeah. but now pull back a little bit into the next sort of say 12 months, you know 18 months. How, you know, coming out of COVID, things are kind of you know getting there. I mean, what what's going to go on in the world? What do you see over the next 12 to 18 months in the world of kind of biometrics? Because now you know another aspect of COVID yeah. is. We have ultimately, or human beings have ultimately taken more steps into the digital world in the last right, 12 to right. 15 months than they did for the last 10 years, right? Like everyone is being forced to do true. Zoom meetings. Yeah, right? right. So yeah. so the world's more digital than it ever has been. And if anything, it's accelerating even faster now with all the things that are going on. So you know, this type of biometric security is a incredibly timely thing. I mean, it always has been, but even more so now. So how do you see it playing over the next 12 months? Well, I, I see uh, touchless access, building access, or right. uh, remote, being, being able to securely and feel good about enrolling remote and creating and performing a transaction remote. And that's what right. we focus on. So being able to do that remotely, or we, we have our building set up now. If you come up, uh, to our building, it you, you, your phone gets pinged and you get to uh, uh, look at it. And mm-hmm. if it's you, mm-hmm. door is open. Mm-hmm. Okay, so completely touchless. Right. I, I see a lot of things going. You know, it, it'll also help. Uh, you know, if we go to the hospital, visit somebody. Right, you go to sure. visit somebody. You got to go and you got to sign in. You got to touch all this stuff. I mean, I go and to assisted living to visit my mother-in-law. Right, go to there. I had to go through screens and do it. Every week, all the time, mm-hmm. versus comes in, recognize me, and then it says, Who do you want to see, Bob? And I say, Oh, I want to see, I want to see Cheryl. And then it recognizes me as Bob, and it goes, Okay, she's in room uh, 303. Go ahead. It's completely touchless. I can see all of that, the visitor management thing, all of that type of stuff is going to gain traction, you know, right. um, just because it can. You got. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have fancy anything. You can have the iPods out there. You can have right. the Androids out there. You can have the Edge v- uh, devices out there to do this. And then with the uh, access controls that are all right. digital now, you can have full control. And you can always have somebody that's looking at it if there's an anomaly. You know, yep. depending. But as a as a company or as a building owner or any of that, you could set the business rules. And we have a platform that's pre-configured for these, like enrolling mm-hmm. people in HR or pre-configured to do visitor access and you control the business rules, whether you want mm-hmm. face, finger, iris, you know, what do you want? How do you want it? Oh, this is fine. We just face is good, except if you go into this area, we want two things. So we put together a platform, you know, called BioSP that does that. It, it mm-hmm. It's pre-configured, but then a company can reconfigure it, you know, change the order of things, add data, you know, to it if they want documents, compare it to a driver's license, compare it to a passport, all that exists. And I just see it being um, more readily adopted because of the need to remove the touching, you know, of, of that. And, and I just see that's where it's going. And I just see it's everything. It's just exploding that way. Have it, have, you know what? And, and I think it's a great way to kind of wind things up, but, but, you know, that's a great point, right? Whether again, 
doesn't matter how you view what's happened over the last 12 to 24 right, months. Right. An outcome is a world where touchless is actually now something people are really thinking about, right? I mean, forget the biometrics for a second, but the need for, I, I just don't want to, you know, intermingle stuff. And right. That's okay. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's going to drive a hell of a lot of change, uh, just like you're suggesting, uh, and biometrics might be at the forefront of that. And think about it. If, you know, uh, it could just be a, and I, I know some of the big uh, amusement parks and others are looking at this, but yep. when was the last time you had a cold, Richard? Oh, uh, you're asking me? Yeah. Literally? It's, uh, been, it's a, been a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. So so going touchless, I mean, just think about it as you go through here. It, it really, I, I, I mean, I thought about it. It really changes things and it can be done. It's yep. not like... You know, so uh, with Bluetooth and all this other stuff, it's not like you have to rip everything out and start over. Mm -hmm. With the edge devices and being able to enroll remotely and do all that stuff, you put the control, the connectivity is there right now to be able to do this. Yep. Totally with you. Yeah. Well, on that on that note, Bob, I just want to thank you. This has been an incredible episode. Uh, really had a lot of fun having a conversation like this. Would love to check back in in the future here. But really, thank you for the time today. It was really just amazing. No, it was good. I didn't like. like I said, I it was uh, didn't know what to expect, um, but it was good to talk about how you believe, and I think I do, that a critical supply chain isn't is an identity that needs to be protected. Yep, at the same type of level as a person's identity, and that to me is extremely important. And it could be done. Yep. So those are the, so. I appreciate your time, and this was Ab- good. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Bob. This is Richard Donaldson. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments about the episode or topics in supply chain you'd like us to explore, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at supplychainnext at requis.com. And while you're at it, why not check out the Requis platform at supplychain.requis.com. Requis allows you to manage the full asset lifecycle in the cloud, collaborating with your entire value network to buy, manage, and sell your assets. Find out more at www.requis.com. Dot com.